0: Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden.
1: Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design. I am so glad you're here. Episode 339, where did the time go? My goodness. We are going to talk about finding product, the journey for those who produce products, which we love to buy the journey for them to finding us. And in so doing, we're going to put ourselves in someone else's shoes, which is always a good philosophy, right? A wonderful guest today, Nicole Lachey-Ben. I will tell you about her in one minute. But this conversation with Nicole had me thinking about how much I learned when I took each of my best trades out for coffee or lunch. It was years and years ago. I haven't done it in a while. It probably would be a good idea to repeat it. But years ago, I took them out for lunch, mostly to tell them what we needed them to do in order to make it easier to work with them, right? I had this very arrogant, smug idea that we knew what we were doing. And if only they would change, we could all be happier working together. Well. Don't you know? They had a few things to say about how I worked with them, how my team worked with them. And those conversations led to massive improvements in my business in so many areas. It led to improvements in how we write our purchase orders, how we created worksheets, how we write our quote requests. It led to improvements specifically in how I managed the trades during the project journey. And ultimately, with input and insights and really approval from my best trades, my 18 trades, I was able to create a document, a contract that each of my trades signs. Today, it's called the Trade Partner Agreement, and it is an invaluable system that clarifies our expectations for job site behavior, for chain of command. Who does a tradesperson take direction from? Is it the homeowner or is it me, the lead on the project, the interior design professional? Over time, the document became more robust. And as things went wrong on job sites, we're like, okay, we need to add that to the partner agreement. And today it also includes how we calculate preferred and premium pricing with our clients which gives me such peace of mind. Because if a client ever says to me, what's your markup on things, I can explain, I don't have markup. I actually share with you preferred pricing. And I think that that has been a really good selling feature. I will say most clients don't ask me anymore. The more clearly you can articulate that you have systems and boundaries and procedures and protocols, and you follow them, In my experience, the more likely the client is to just let you do what you do best. It's such a catch-22, right? (laughs) When you need that, you need that when you're starting out. But of course, without those systems, protocols, boundaries, et cetera, in place, you don't have it. And then once you have it, typically at a point when you've got some experience behind you, they don't ask anymore. But I'll take it. I like the peace of mind all of my systems give me. The conversation today with Nicole Lachey-Ben is from a different side of the table. It's from the supplier-manufacturer-vendor side of the table. They have these great products they want to get in front of us. How do they do that? But by having this conversation, I have a better understanding of how I can stay on top of the myriad products that are new every week, every month in our industry because I don't think any of us can afford to rest on our laurels. Um, That's probably a pretty outdated expression, I guess, Uh, to be complacent, can afford to be complacent when it comes to suggesting new products to clients, because clients are online all the time seeing what's new, what's better, what's different. How are we going to stay on top of that? How are we going to stay ahead of them? Nicole's also going to share a technique she uses with her clients of building a journey map of the brand experience, which will allow you to identify areas that are working well and those that need improvement. She refers to it as acing the journey, A-C-E, awareness, consulting, and executing as a path to finding the right designers to put products in front of. Really cool conversation with Nicole. Nicole Lachey-Ben has always had a passion for interior design and business strategy. Nicole got a humble start, she says, by taking summer classes at Pratt Institute College of Art after high school freshman year, and now has over 17 years experience in the interior design industry. Through her company, which is called Thrive in Design, she works diligently to bring a human-centric approach to how interior product companies increase their brand awareness and revenue. Good stuff we can all learn from. You can find Nicole at thriveindesign.co, that's the website, or on Instagram at thriveindesign. Definitely check her out. Someone else you always want to check out is Cheryl Horn. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know we've been changing up announcements, making them a little shorter, a little more pithy. It's really important for us that you listen to the announcements because this is where we tell you when we will be at an event near you, and we also tell you about offerings that we have within membership, yes. We're selling you membership. We have to. We need to pay for the podcast and we need to pay for flights to High Point and Las Vegas Market and all that kind of good stuff. But Cheryl is changing things up and she's going to tell you about something exciting that's happening now at Business of Design. So with your permission, I would like to turn things over to her. Hey there. I'm looking out the window right now and I'm seeing some of the trees are turning a familiar Orange color, just the tips. It's that time again.
2: Well, in the spirit of back to school, I want to talk about membership this week. You know what? Three years ago, I think the most common testimonial we heard was, I wish I found business of design sooner in my business. And through the power of the podcast, we are able to connect with designers, thousands of designers around the world every single week. And I would say, without a doubt, the most common one I now hear is, "I wish I had have joined sooner." I've been listening to the podcast for years, and I don't know why it took me this long. And they share their story, and it's it's just it's amazing. And we know that it's an investment, not just you know paying a monthly fee. It's an investment of your time, and you really do get out of it what you put into it. And if you're willing to block even one hour of time every single week to learn. And you spend the rest of your week implementing as you work through the tasks you're already doing to make them more efficient, more streamlined. The same for every single project. We know that these systems change businesses and we want that for you. So I'm going to do a shout out if you've been a long time listener Become a member. Uh, it's what makes this podcast possible for one, but we want to see those changes in your business as well. And I think I'm remotivated to push people into membership because uh, last week we had an amazing uh, BOD live meeting. I would say like one of our best yet. And what we did differently was that we assigned homework. In advance so that members were working through programs at the same time and came prepared to talk and share and you know it turned into a conversation where everyone's sharing their rates and giving each other raises which was awesome that usually happens at uh, the live seminars that Kimberly does Um, but it was nice to see that within the membership members supporting one another and that's sort of our goal with it going forward we had done a survey a couple weeks ago and we know that you uh, a couple months ago, I guess, at this point. Um, but we know that you guys want more accountability, more connection with the within the membership, getting that face-to-face time. And that's really what the BOD live meetings are all about when you become a member. So we really want to sit down and focus in on What are you guys talking about right now? Where are you asking for help within the community? And let's have those conversations live. Let's work through certain courses, programs, modules together at the same time and then meet each month to talk about them. But also come prepared, Uh, you know, In September, we are going to be talking about lighting. We've got a couple of our members talking about custom lighting and how that can change your bottom line and how it can really elevate your projects. And then in October, uh, we want everyone to be taking the logging billable hours program and come prepared with your log sheets. When was the last time a client questioned something on your log sheets and the time that it took? Maybe it had something to do with how you wrote it down that they questioned, they didn't realize how detailed and time-consuming that task was. Bring it. Let's rewrite that together. If you have current log sheets that you're kind of nervous about sending to a client, what is it on there that you think they're going to have a problem with? Let's fix those. Let's rewrite them together. Let's make sure that your hours are never questioned again. So I think that's going to be a really good conversation because that still seems to be an area of um, discomfort for a lot of members, even people who have been in this business for a long time, that they have these heavy months, usually between (laughs) steps two and five when they're preparing for that presentation, where the billable hours are really large. And you want to make sure that the client understands exactly what it is that they're paying for. So um, this was supposed to be a quick shout out for membership and it's sort of dragged on. But please, if you have questions about membership, if you're sitting on the fence, want to know more, Um, I am the person that you talk to. If you have questions, we can set up a call, send me an email, Cheryl at businessofdesign.com and let's get you started. So I think that's my time for today. Um, But take care and I will talk to you soon.
1: Nicole, it's great to see you today. How are you? I am wonderful. I'm just so happy
3: to be here and excited to talk to you today.
1: That's so great. Where are you at? I am in Baltimore, Maryland. Lovely. My my <laughs> second wedding was in Baltimore, Maryland. My husband and I—I've only been married to one man, but I've married him five times. We get remarried. Oh my yeah, we get remarried every seven years. And so, our second wedding was in Baltimore, at a beautiful park up on a hill. It was gorgeous. It was lovely. We did. Wow. Like a little, was it in Federal Hill? Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah.
3: That's the only park we have on the hill. So that's how I guess.
1: (laughs) love it. Anyway, enough about weddings. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how you've figured out a way to kind of build a bridge between the interior design professional, which is most of our listeners, and then the manufacturer or the good companies that create the products that we need to specify on behalf of our clients. So tell us a little bit about what you do.
3: Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of a background first. So over the last almost 10 years, I guess, I've worked for different interior product companies in the sales side, right? So we're always tasked with, okay, they come out with all these new products, whether that be textiles or lighting or wallpapers you name it, right? And in between. And then they give it to the sales team, which is typically an outside sales team. And they're like, okay, go find the clients or the designers for that matter and get them to use our product (laughs) on their projects, right? Whether that be residential or commercial. So there's this, there are these two different sides of design where We have the interior designers that are working with their clients to make these beautiful spaces and built environments. And then those companies out there that are like, okay, take these products and go sell them and get them specified. So for me, I kind of walk between the two to make a really good experience for the designer and the specification process. And for that company to not really come off too salesy and more so supportive in the design process. So that can look like You know, creating a go to market strategy for that interior product company or auditing what their designers might think of their products and going back to them with more information to create um, new innovative products. Or it could really look like training their sales teams, but it's a mix of all of those things.
1: Wow, I just have a glimpse now of how complicated or how complex. That is because as an interior design professional, I can't do my job without great products. So I need right. what you guys have to sell, but I am going to rely on finding those products through a small number of local suppliers or online suppliers. And I'm, I'm really trusting the quality of my projects to just a few companies that are going to tell me which brands I should be using when there might be a whole bunch more I should be thinking about.
3: Exactly, exactly. So for you, in your design process, you might have those trusted manufacturers that you go to, right? But how then are the manufacturers going to get to you that haven't become your trusted partner, right? So... It's a fine line. Like, how do I become the trusted partner of all these interior designers if they already have a a few go to people that they specify?
1: Right. And at some point, like, at some point, there's this great kind of uh, in the zone thing that happens where you have suppliers you really rely on and you trust them completely. You're like, oh, I'm just going to automatically go to this supplier because they do a great job with wallpaper, let's say. But not too far down the road, five years, six years down the road, it's tired to your client base and you have to find something new and something different. And mm-hmm. so that's where I'd be wanting to expand my net and say, hey, what what else are my options?
3: Exactly. And for me, in finding that bridge between the two, it's really understanding one the design process into the interior designers I guess journey with that brand so I like to break it down um, by really understanding like okay what is the customer journey or what is the designer's journey right so first it's
1: oh Nicole's gonna finish that thought sharing the customer's journey right after this quick announcement from our sponsor Are you attracting less than ideal clients or worse, no clients at all from Instagram? If so, you're missing out on a lucrative advertising and marketing resource for your interior design firm. No worries. Darla Powell, founder of Wingnet Social, has designed a course just for you, Instagram for Interior Designers. It's a comprehensive seven-module course with downloadable worksheets and over 40 lessons where you will learn how to optimize your Instagram account, create captivating and visually appealing content, attract more organic followers, leverage Instagram's key features, and develop a successful content strategy that attracts your ideal clients. Taught by Darla and a team of seasoned experts with years of experience in social media marketing and interior design, enrolling in this course means bidding farewell to the struggles and overwhelm of Instagram and saying hello to intentional strategic marketing to attract your ideal clients. Don't miss this chance to transform your interior design business. Use code BOD20 to enjoy a limited time discount of 20%. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com and check out Wingnut Academy to learn more. Instagram for interior designers.
3: First, it's the awareness stage, right? And so, how does that interior designer even become aware that a product exists? How do they find out about a lighting or wallpaper or textile company? That could be you're trying. You're finding them on Pinterest, or you're finding them on um, social media. Maybe you're on TikTok or Instagram, or maybe you're going to different industry events or trade shows, or maybe right. these companies are even doing um, virtual things now that we've gone through this pandemic and things have kind of turned on this head on its head. So in understanding the awareness stage of your discovery process, it's really important to understand all of the different touch points and how you might be finding out about those products, right? Um, and in understanding that, then we can meet you where you are with information in a way that really resonates with you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it totally doesn't. It's great because as interior design professionals, we're always looking to be where our clients are. It's nice to know someone's looking to be where we are. So Exactly. Thank you for trying to find us. You usually find us at a bar. I think that's your best bet. But really? Oh my gosh. No, industry shows. I think, that's, I think industry shows is a really big one for us. Also, so print advertising sometimes still is another one that that it might be. How many t- yeah, I remember years ago they used to say you need to see something three times before you it finally clicks and lands in your brain. What's the new normal?
3: I've seen 21 times. Like I've also no we're <laughs> taken a lot of yeah, marketing classes and the new number is 21 times. I think it used to be three, then it moved up to seven. But now with this digital age that we're in, it takes 21 times, right? And I was just um, speaking with a client the other day and we're like trying to think of how can we get this messaging across to interior designers? They had sent an email that was like, okay, let's go old school and send that same message through snail mail. Like, let's send it USPS. They're like, but we already said that. But it takes 21 times for somebody to see that exact same thing before they make a decision about it. Right. So as an interior designer, if you see a new lighting fixture or a new wall covering that you from a company that you don't necessarily trust yet. Mm -hmm. Right. It will take you several times to even for it to even resonate in your brain before you even make a decision like, okay, I'm going to try this out right in my design. And that's just the awareness stage. <laughs>
1: wow. That that totally makes sense because you, I want to be very protective of what I'm proposing to clients. I don't want to introduce a product that's going to fail or not live by what it says it's going to be. So I want to make sure there's some trust in the community. So that's where older brands have an advantage, but older brands sometimes can you know, get tired and not stay up with what is current and be innovative.
3: Exactly, exactly. And then trust also makes me think of the next stage that I really coach my clients through, um, but it's really understanding the interior designer as well. So, just as a high level view, I'm going to back up for a second. When I'm understanding an interior designer's journey and their design process, I'd like to call it ace the journey, right? So journey mapping is a tool that can be used in design thinking to really like innovate, create new products, create new strategies for how those go to market. But I like to simplify it in terms of ace the journey because we're acing the designer's journey with that brand. So we already talked about awareness. That's a A, an ace the journey. And the next part that I want to understand from an interior designer or get to know what is... Designer is consulting. So, like as a rep or as an interior product company, we need to understand how are we consulting designers, right? We don't want to come off like, okay, we have these new wall coverings, we have these new fabrics here, you know, and kind of come off like a used car salesman, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> it's really how can we become a partner in your process and build your trust and consult you to make the right decisions, right? Because as an interior designer, you're understanding how somebody is using the space, how many family members are gonna be in there. Um, You know, if they have kids, right? If they're, if like my four-year-old is gonna be coloring on the sofa, (laughs) that you need to choose a different (laughs) fabric for that ink to come out, right? So you're understanding your client. So we need to then come into that and create a deeper understanding for how we consult you to choose the right products, fabrics, textiles, or what have you in your design process as well.
1: Wow. Okay. So, awareness and then consulting. And then, what happens with E?
3: Executing. So, that is how are we going to execute the sale? So, right? So, we've made you aware of the product, we've consulted you to actually choose the product. You're like, okay, this is going good, but how are we actually going to execute really the sale? And I'm putting that in air quotes for the people who can't (laughs) hear me, right? Because you could have seen something beautiful. It works perfectly for your client, but then how do you procure it, right? Is the lead time too long or is it just right? Does it um, look like what you actually imagined it to Is it fabricated in the way that you hoped it to be, right? Do all of our internal systems line up to actually pull off what you envisioned or what you maybe even put in your rendering as a designer? So the executing is more so for the interior product side, but we have to make sure that we uh, have all the systems in place, all the partnerships in place so that you can, as a designer can actually pull it off for your client.
1: Because that's where it would all fall apart, right? You could convince right. me that I want it. And then when I go to make that purchase, it's like there's a fail that happens. And then I suspect you never get us back after that. You would never get us exactly. back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: Wow. So it takes 21 times to become aware. It takes one time to lose a customer for life. That seems not fair, but that's <laughs> exactly. kind of how it is.
3: For sure. it. When you put it like that, I actually haven't thought about it, (laughs) those numbers, 21 times for you to become aware and one time to please the client. But yeah, in putting equal effort really into all of those phases is what keeps, I believe, interior designers coming back to spec um, different products from different companies over and over again.
1: Yeah. What's been the challenge in terms of getting the suppliers to come around and think, a way that would put them in front of the designers?
3: Um, I think the biggest challenge has come over the last couple of years, right? Because we've gone through this pandemic that has changed everything in the world. And I was actually just reading a couple of articles before I got on here about how it's specifically changed the interior design industry. Um, I've worked with suppliers that create products for residential design and create products for commercial design but no matter what they were going to market for lack of better terms by training their sales teams on the product those sales teams go in person to like meet with the designers to show off the product the product is specified and you go from there right but with the pandemic Everybody had to go virtual, right? So how do you show off a tactile product in a virtual environment and then also continue to build authentic relationships with interior designers so that they can keep coming back to you? So I think the biggest challenge is shaking up these companies to say, okay, yes, we've been successful all this time by doing things old school and doing things in person, meeting designers in person and showing our Products tactile in person, but how can we think innovatively and outside of the box to incorporate a digital experience that might not necessarily have to be digital for forever, but it probably will stay <laughs> somewhat digital, especially with, you know, uh, millennials or Gen Z or something like that creating newer uh, design firms and wanting to keep that virtual aspect and connection. So I think that has been the biggest challenge, right? To think outside of the box of how to create tactile experiences and continue to build relationships with designers as we're in this shifting world.
1: This is good for us to be aware of too, because we have the same challenge. We have to be able to convince our client to purchase a sofa that we don't have a sample of in the city that they live in, because nobody has inventory anymore. And so these are challenges that we all need to face. So then on the flip side, what do your clients, the manufacturers and uh, the people who create new products, what do they say is the challenge that, that the designers uh, need to open their minds to? Or in what way do we challenge you guys?
3: Uh, I feel like designers challenge uh, manufacturers in a lot of different ways, right? You guys always want new
1: things. <laughs> I thought it was going to be worse. I was bracing myself no. for some <laughs> hardcore. <normal. laughs> no, no, nothing
3: nothing too bad. But I, I feel like designers always want new things that are outside of the box. I've also heard designers want um, things that incorporate tech in different ways. So I had a designer recently tell me, that she was designing someone's home actually. And they had a lot of teenagers in their house and they needed to have furniture that actually had um, like USB charging ports incorporated in the furniture. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of requests similar to that, where how can we incorporate tech into the actual furniture, into the actual home that we're designing. Um and then I feel like designers are always challenging manufacturers uh, to think, to stretch their product, right? So maybe the product is made for a specific type of installation. And then they're like, wait, but can I use it like this? <laughs> or can I use it like that? <laughs> so um, manufacturers always have to go back to their technical department to stretch the norm of how they were thinking about using that product, for sure.
1: So it's a it's a symbiotic relationship. There's a little push, there's a little pull, and each side could learn something from the other. But the important thing is we have for to sure. get together somehow. We have to all be in the same place somehow to have this conversation virtually or in person.
3: For sure. And I also think that the way different generations has conversations <laughs> is interesting as well. Um, I know... Uh, Years ago, when I was in undergrad studying interior design, actually, I was studying generational gaps and how that can be used to really bring people together. Because I find that younger designers, they might want to have that conversation with the manufacturer and be on a team to think outside of the box and how they're using materials. But that conversation will likely happen through email and text, (laughs) whereas Gen X and baby boomers, they, they want to have a phone call. So in all of these conversations and how we can all be on a team, it's also interesting to see how like the generations approach collaboration as well.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. Wow, fascinating, fascinating the work you do. Nicole, we like to, um, well, two things. We like to end every episode with design intervention, just a great piece of business advice. But before you answer that question, tell us about your consultancy and who you consult for and who it might apply to and how we can get in touch with you.
3: Yes, so my company is called Thrive and Design. Design. It's a design and innovation consultancy that helps interior product companies increase their brand awareness and revenue. And I do this by um, taking these companies through my proprietary method that we talked about today, Ace the Journey. And in, in covering any pain points in your company, we might, you know, audit something and offer you um, a different strategy on how you're going to market. We might be training your sales team. Um, or we might be just having conversations with designers to get feedback on what they need from your company to Thrive. So how they can get in contact with me is by going to thriveanddesign.co slash contact.
1: That's amazing. Okay, great piece of business advice. Doesn't have to necessarily be related to what we've been talking about, but something you think everybody listening really needs to know about.
3: Uh, I think this advice is pretty simple. Um, is just listen to your customers, <laughs> right? Because a lot of times in whatever business, you can come up with a business idea, a product idea, a service idea, and then you get so gung-ho about it and go out there and try to sell it, <laughs> but you fail to like ask your customers what is their pain points and design a solution for them, rather what you think is good for them. So I think just listen to your customers and go from there.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good advice. I sometimes uh, I have a friend who says I'm quick, Kim. I do everything fast. Or, or sometimes I refer to myself as Action Jackson. I get an idea, and I'm like I'm implementing before the idea is finished landing in my brain, and only afterwards I find out nobody really wants that thing that I just created. But I thought it was a grand old idea,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> so that's good advice for people like me and everybody else listening as well, Nicole thank you so much.
3: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Well, I hope I will have an occasion to hang out somewhere with Thrive in Design and uh, meet some of the people that you are coaching and uh, be part of a better um, relationship between these two
0: sides.
3: Yes, I love it. Thank you again.
0: Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.